head hit the shot from half court. MVP of all sports, coach put me in the game. You know I'm the truth born to feel bad. Competition, know the deal, coach put me in the game. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Staley in English show featuring Coach Kurtz. I'm your man, Coach English, and we are here um, with Coach Staley and Coach Kurtz on the Staley in English show, which is powered by Defy Life. Visit www.godefylife.com because if you're not defying life, what is your life about? Let's get into it, man. As usual, let's go for around the table and see how everybody's week has been uh, in lieu of the storm. Josh, uh, how was your week? Oh, man, we, um, considering what was going on, you know, um, we're back in school. We had basically a week off because of the storm. And, you know, it's been kind of rough because some way, shape or form, we've all been affected by um, Hurricane, Hurricane Florence. So... Just praying for the families that that were affected by it. A lot of people on a lot of a lot of homes were flooded. A lot of people went through a lot. So I'm just I'm praying for them. It's hard to say, oh man, everything is great and peachy when people are going through things. So just praying for those families and uh, hope everybody can get back on track and, and fight through this and you know keep keep moving forward. How things been going with you, Micah? Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I know. It's tough to talk about uh, how you had a great week when a lot of people are going through some tough times. Definitely thoughts and prayers up to everybody that was affected uh, by some of these uh, hurricanes and stuff that's going around. Um, one bright spot was uh, was about, I guess, five AC Flora families uh, since, since school was out for the whole, uh, for that whole week, they decided to come down to... Uh, Disney World on Wednesday, I think they came down and they rented a house and we're hanging out down here for the weekend, so they hit me up, like, a few of them are high school kids uh, that came down and they hit me up, see if I if I wanted to uh, open Windermere Preps weight room and, and put those kids through a workout, so it was good to see, uh, see some of my former students and former athletes and be able to let them get a workout in while they were down here in Orlando and escaping the hurricanes. That was good for sure. Great people in great people in South Carolina, Columbia, Forest Acres for sure. Miss all of them. Good deal, good deal. How things going with you, Coachy? Um, I'm straight, man. I mean, you know, like you said, it's kind of hard to talk about um, your week without um, talking about the, the devastation that has uh, struck our shores and, and, and our region. Um, there's people uh, who are still without lights and uh, people, you know, that can't get through. There's some people who have lost their lives. And so um, I'm grateful um, that my family um, was safe and uh, uh, the Hartsville, you know, high school family um, and Darlington County Schools has, you know, haven't had any casualties or issues as far as uh, that's concerned. But, you know, we have had a good bit of flooding. Uh, we're still out of school. They had to evacuate some people from their houses last night and they sent some school buses to evacuate some people today. 
Um, so we have a huge issue here in Hartsville in the Darlington County area. But uh, my prayers are with them. And, um, you know, uh, oh, and a, a shout out to my mom's. Uh, she had her surgery on last Thursday. It went very well. Um, uh, I had I was home, took care of her and uh, for a couple of days. And so, you know, that that was fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, and and uh, emotional at the same time. So I just uh, like I said, pray, you know, her health is, is is first and foremost for me, and and I, I'm just happy that uh, we haven't seen, as far as the Hurricane Florence is concerned, we haven't seen any casualties uh, here in South Carolina. Um, so on a uh, we'll we'll shift uh, uh, gears a little bit from from that uh, uh, that sad. It's had uh, a little feeling, and, and, and we're going to get into some sports here uh, with our current events uh, portion of the show. Um, you know, each week we're going to cover some form of current event, and this week we are covering the unexpected retirement of Vontae Davis, um, uh, uh, who uh, realized at halftime that this was not for him. He, uh, he quote, quote, uh, quote unquote said, uh, this isn't how I pictured retiring from the NFL today on the field. It really hit me fast and hard. I shouldn't be out there anymore. Davis went on. I meant no disrespect to my teammates and my coaches, but I hold myself to a standard mentally. I always expect myself to play at a high level, but physically I know that I, it isn't possible. And I had an honest moment with myself while I was on the field. I just didn't feel right. And I told the coaches, I'm not feeling like myself. I also, uh, I also wondered, do I want to keep sacrificing? And truthfully, I do not because the season is long and it's more important for me and my family to walk away healthy than to willfully embrace the warrior mentality and limp away too late. Fellas, 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 what do we think? Um, my my position is this is very simple. I know it's gonna sound cruel. I believe Vontae, I'm not I'm not gonna doubt what he said. I'm I'm gonna respect his position and say he wasn't feeling the same, but it's not what you do, it's how you do it. I I just think the timing and how he did it just resonates and, 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 and sends out an alarming sign. And my thing would be this, losing environments promote losing decisions and reactions. Buffalo's not doing very well right now. It doesn't look like they're going to start doing well. So when you have a losing environment, if you're not fighting to change that culture on a daily basis, you're going to have losing base decisions, losing base reactions. What do I mean by that? Simple. If Buffalo was 2-0 and looking like they were about to win their division and make a run for the Super Bowl, like back in the glory days when they went to four Super Bowls in a row, I don't think Vontae Davis does that. I'm not saying he doesn't want to be healthy. I, I respect that 100%, especially in a violent sport like football, where your health is on the line every single play, every single possession. But with that being said, if Buffalo was a Super Bowl favorite this year, I definitely don't think he quits in the middle of a game at halftime and doesn't even go back out there in the second half. So I, I think the environment and, and the culture that Buffalo has right now has a lot to do with that. 
And it's not that every man has a right to make their own decision and I won't even judge him or get up. I'm not even upset with him because, like I said, as a man, you, you have free will. You have to make that decision. But it's not so much what he did. It's just simply how he did it. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's multiple layers to to all of this situation where 100 percent I agree with what you said, where I mean, it, I mean, there's a quote, obviously, I mean, you're true. Your true character shows in times of adversity, and obviously, when you're around a a losing football team and your your team's not very good, it, it, it's a lot easier to, uh, to 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 quit and give up on them. And, and obviously, his, his his I mean, he's definitely looked at right now. I look at him as not retiring, but as quitting on his team for sure. Um, and then the other layer is, I mean, I mean, obviously. Football is a violent game, and and more and more and more is coming out about about how the effects it can have on the rest of your life playing that football game. So, the, another layer is that it's showing that more people, even these guys that make it to the highest level, in the back of their mind, they're thinking about some of these adverse health conditions that can affect them. Um, and I mean, not even talking about this situation with Bonte Davis quitting, but talking about where the game of football, I think with, with, with all of these health issues that is coming is, is struggling right now. And it's not going to be seen immediately right now. And then this year, next year, next three, four years, but it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see this next generation, these kids who are 10, 11, 12 years old, and maybe just, possibly starting to play that age starting to play pop warner football it's going to be interesting to see how many of those kids are not playing now because of all of this stuff with these health issues so if they're 10 years old now and not playing it's going to be interesting to see what the state of football is in the next 10 years with college football and pro football with so many of those kids potentially not playing so that's another layer and then just the last thought on it is, I mean, I mean, I don't know Vontae Davis. I don't know all of what health issues he was going through, but you know, anybody knows whether they played football or any other sport. I mean, those are your brothers that are in there. You're 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 in there battling with them. You're in there sweating with them day in and day out through the off season, through training camp, through workouts, through practices. So. To have how many guys are on an NFL team, 55 or whatever, to 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 turn your back on those other 54 guys in the middle of a game, um, I mean, I think that's pretty uh, that's pretty disappointing for sure. And obviously, I can't say all of the issues that he had, but to I don't I could never see myself or. I could never see anybody that I'm playing with that I put my trust in to have my back on a play, especially in a sport of football where you're trusting 10 other guys on the field at all times to be able to do their assignments and have your back. And for you to just quit on them at halftime of a game is, I mean, it's crazy. And obviously it's unprecedented. And, uh, and I hope definitely hope that we don't see, see, see that happening very often anymore for sure yeah that was tough i i, I agree with exactly how you put it it's tough because you 
you didn't just like quit on yourself. You know, you had teammates that you go to war with every practice, every day. Coach E, what's your what's your position on it, Papa? Okay, now um, I'm going to give my position, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a, a writer's position uh, on, on the topic, and then I want to get y'all responses to that, and then we can move on to our topic. All right, so my thought on it is. Apparently, this has been your feeling for a minute, okay? I think it was a, and sometimes I do feel like I wish we could use profane language on the show, but I think it was a real punk move. Um, You got benched because you were playing horribly. Um, Mike Williams, shouts out to Mike, just scored on you. They benched you, and apparently you had like a temper tantrum and quit. Like you took your ball and went home. Now, for whatever reason, you tried to play it off or whatever. Your body's not doing this mentally. You're not here. You know, physically, you feel like you need to walk away. Yeah, all those things are in play. But he got benched. And then after halftime, you decide not to come out. You decide not to. You decide to retire at halftime. Okay, now, the, the issue I have with that is, well, if it's in your head and you're not playing anyway because they benched you, go out there and stand on the sideline. And then quit, and then just just let them know that you're retiring at the end of the game. Like you know, after it's all said and done, go into McDermott's office and say, "Hey, coach, I think this is where I'm just gonna I'm I'm a, I'm a cut I'm a cut it right here I'm a cut and run here because you weren't playing the second half anyway because you were getting torched you got torched in week one. So now that your body can't keep up whatever whatever you're trying to sell to the masses. Shoot, I, I mean, you, you, you pretty much quit because you got to me, and that's on my own personal opinion. You know, because he got benched. Now, if he does now, does he still quit if he wasn't benched and was playing well? What if, what if, what if Buffalo is two and up? You know what I'm saying? Does he still is he still looking to quit? I, I don't, I don't think so. And I think that that goes back to your point, Josh, and a little and, and, and to. Yours too, Michael, where you're talking about the mindset. Like, that's a mindset. You In that locker room right now is a losing mindset. It's a quitter's mindset. Now, you know, what is it? it, it it's not what's, it, it's not what, what you said, Josh, uh, last show. It's not what happens, but what you do, what you do about it. Well, so Buffalo, you know, now this should be a rallying call to that defense, to that team. You know, hey, let's get behind each other. Let's band together and and, and and let's do something special. All right. And and that's just my take. That's that's my take on it. I feel I feel a certain type of way. I had a kid come to me last season at halftime and say, Coach, I'm playing like crap. Don't put me back in the game. You know what I did? Started him the second half. Ain't no quitting out here. Ain't not now. So, I mean, I just think it was a real punk move. I think that when you get into that type of stuff, I mean, you know, I I, I just don't agree. Um, now, a writer um, uh, uh, for a blog uh, um, stated, uh, he said, second year coach Sean McDermott was not happy about Davis's abrupt decision. Coaches hate quitters and would much and much rather publicly embarrass a player than to have said player publicly embarrass them. If Davis had given McDermott the opportunity to publicly berate him, 
during the game, bench him, and then cut him immediately after, no one would have batted an eye. But for the player to have the audacity to walk away on his own during the game is totally unheard of and unforgivable in professional sports. Uh, Josh, what do you think about that? Um, I, I just think it's, it's always two ends to the, to the spectrum because, like you said, if the coach is, is disappointed in his play, like kickers get cut all the time for missing big kicks. No one, like you said, no one really bats an eye. But if a kicker miss a big kick and quit after they miss that kick, you know, and don't even get fired or anything, you know, that's a totally different scenario. But like, like how you and Coach Kurz, how you and Micah said it, it's just, it's just really tough because of how it was done. It's not so much the fact everyone retires. Everyone eventually has to give it up, you know, but it's not, it's not so much what he did. It was just, it was just how he did it. And like you're right, the coach could have berated him and, and, and got upset and, and told him, look, you're playing terrible and cut him after the game. No one says anything. But I don't think it was going to come to that. I think it was like what you said. I didn't know he got benched. See, I, I, I didn't even know all that part of the story. He got benched. He got frustrated. And, hey, you know, I'll look at everybody except myself and, I, and I'll tap out. You know, it just don't look good as a competitor. Playing a sport at that level is, is a true blessing. I don't think it ever should be taken for granted. And he tapped out and, and and he's going to have to live with that. And one day if he has kids, he's going to have to talk to them about it and tell them, you know, look, I made a mistake. This is you got to fight through tough situations. But we're not going to keep dwelling on that. We um, unless Micah has something else to say about it. We can um, go ahead and get into our topic today. Um, any y'all, y'all spit on that a little bit more about about what um, Vontae Davis did or are we good on closing on that? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Also, in the news, we had uh, uh, Josh Gordon get traded to the uh, Patriots for a fifth round pick. And that kind of brings us to our topic of the day. Um, What happened? So, so really, (laughs) what happens when the problems outweigh the talent? Uh, Josh, we'll start with you and then kind of go from there. Yeah, so obviously everyone knows now in in the in the athlete in the in the sports arena that Josh Gordon is probably one of the most talented football players in the NFL. But the problem is Josh Gordon hasn't been playing in what basically the last two seasons because he's had a drug problem, basically. He's he he's had an addiction to smoking marijuana. Okay, I get it. Let's say I be sympathetic and say, look, you have a problem. Let's help you get off of this. Okay. He finally gets to the point where he could play. He finally gets to the point where he's back out there catching touchdowns. He caught a touchdown against who's that? Against Pittsburgh week one. Big time touchdown. But we all know he's coming with a lot of baggage. We all know he's coming with problems. But he's so talented. And this is something we're all guilty of in the, in, the, in the sports world. Like, we can act like we're not, but we're all guilty of this. He's so talented. We're not so much turning a blind eye to his problems, but we're letting his talent outweigh the problems. And we're just dealing with the problems. Then going into week two. He doesn't play this week because he pulls his hamstring in a non-team activity. 
though it's not as bad as having a, 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 a marijuana smoking problem, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Because here we are, the Cleveland Browns, the worst team in the NFL for the last couple of decades. And you can't play this Sunday because your hamstring is hurt because of a promotional video you were shooting. Very careless, not being thoughtful of the second chance. No, what what is this, like the fourth or fifth chance that this young man has? That has. Might, might be 10. <laughs> yeah, and, and it breaks, and it broke, that was the straw that broke the, bat, the camel's back. Now, prayerfully, prayerfully, I hope he gets it together and plays well for New England. New England culture, New England is a winning culture, and people tend to adapt to the culture that they become a part of. So I pray things work out. But his problems outweighed his talent in in Cleveland. And if he doesn't change, though he's a part of a, a winning culture now, if he doesn't enable that culture to change him and sincerely make him act different from the inside out, he's going to be right back at square one looking um, at the NFL from the outside in, and, and he's not going to have a job. Because I think the Patriots are going to have a much shorter leash than the Cleveland Browns did because they've seen what happens with his problems when it outweighs the talent. And that's what we're really discussing right now. You know, when the problems outweigh the talent, young athletes, eventually it's going to catch up with you because when you come with a lot of baggage, you're not the only one carrying that baggage. The people that's dealing with your problem carries that baggage also. And I don't care how good you are. Eventually, that baggage starts to weigh those people down and they don't want to and they don't want to deal with that burden anymore. And that's how you see it. Like we were talking about in the in the in the pre-show, Coach Kurtz was saying how you go to the neighborhoods of guys who've, who've made it out the neighborhood and they're always able to talk about the guy that was so much more talented, talented than them easily. But they never made it out. Why? Because their problems outweighed their talent. And your problem might be poor performance in the classroom, not being coachable, having a bad attitude, or simply somebody's just 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 not sheerly competitive. I give you a, a real life example of something I experienced. Um, we're from South Carolina. Well, we're in South Carolina. None of us were born here, but we've we've been in South Carolina for years. Michael obviously lives in Florida now, but um, we all know who Alshon Jeffries is, right? Right, fellas, we we know who Alshon Jeffries is. Oh yeah, Al, Alshon Jeffries, probably one of the best pure athletes to come through South Carolina in a very long time. Just just gets it. He wasn't the fastest, didn't even jump the highest, but he was just a great athlete. He got it. He put it all together. Won four state championships in a row as a high school basketball player. Lost only one high school basketball game. What's ironic about what's ironic about that gentleman? He didn't play in that game that he lost because I think he had to go to like the Shrine Bowl or something like that. He went. He was somewhere like in a like a like an um, All Star football game. So the one or two games that he lost, he didn't even play in. Fast forward, great career at South Carolina. Now he's one of the um, leading receivers for the Philadelphia Eagles, probably a top 10, top 15 receiver in the NFL. He's good. 
um, on what his second his second or third contract. So he's made pension, has a great NFL career. Here's the catch. He has an older brother named Charles Ben. And if you know your South Carolina sports, Charles Ben, I, um, he played with um, one of the great up under one of the great coaches in basketball, Zan Frederick in South Carolina. He played with um, um, Zan Frederick's son. Everybody calls him Buck. Charles Ben was probably the best athlete I've ever seen in the state of South Carolina. Pound for pound. And I've seen Raymond Felton. I've seen Jermaine O'Neal. I've seen I've seen um Court Courtney Williams. I mean, I've seen I've seen Seven Woods. I've seen some unbelievable athletes. Charles Ben was either just as good to me personally, not trying to be biased, but he was probably the best athlete to come through South Carolina, period. One, one of the top five easily. I won't want to offend anybody and say the best, but if you know anything about Charles Ben, he's probably one of the top five athletes to ever come through the state of South Carolina, period. Historically. Didn't even get close to playing pro ball. I'm not certain if he even played college. If you if you Google him and look him up, it's probably a story on the Times and Democrat, an Orangeburg County-based newspaper, talking about Charles Ben. Probably can still jump and dunk a basketball. That's how that's how athletic this 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 young man was. But what happened? Why isn't he making the mega bucks or or, or, or finishing up a career where he made the mega bucks? At the NFL level, hell, he 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 was good enough. He probably could have played in the NBA if, if he really wanted to, because his problems outweighed his talent. And if you're not careful, and I'm, I'm gonna let you guys get in on it, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about how parents can make sure their kids' problems not outweighing their talent. I'm gonna give you a little few tips, but if you're not careful, it could be you, young athletes. Um, I don't want to. Take talk the whole show, uh, Michael. Michael, what are your thoughts on this? No, you were telling great points, and I mean, it's there's just so many stories and too many kids and too many people don't learn till it's too late. Where I mean, something there's so many stories of guys that that have had were better than. Kyrie Irving, better than these guys in the NBA, better than these guys in the NFL, but their problems outweighed their talent, and they ne- they never ended up making it. And you were like you alluded to it, these NBA guys, these NFL guys. You ask them who was the best player in their neighborhood, who was the best player growing up. Most of the times, they're going to name somebody that never made it because their problems outweighed their talent. And unfortunately. We don't hear that much about those guys. So when we as as adults and we as coaches are trying to trying to explain this to our athletes, uh, it's hard for them to grasp that. And uh, and sooner or later, if you continue to have baggage and problems, it's going to come back to haunt you. And even if you do make it to the highest level, like even if you do make it to the highest level, I mean. Um, I mean, the guy we're talking about, I mean, he could have made, he could have been made a hundred, $150 million in his career and he's on his 10th opportunity and probably his last. And he's probably made 
15, 20 million dollars, which I mean, still, it's a great life. But when you're looking at it from, he could have made 10, 15 times more than that. Um, if he didn't have so many problems, that's a big difference where he's not only, if he made 100 million, 150 million over his career, he's not only setting up his family, he's setting up his family's family's families. And so, um, and it's because, yeah, you look at him and say, well, hey, he's got a ton of problems, but he still made it. Yeah, he made it, but did he reach his potential that he could have to set up generations to come? And no, so you got to look at it from all different angles for sure. Um, but I honestly, I mean, I wish there was more stories out there. Uh, and, and that'd be a great, that would be a great, uh, great documentary or something to put together and just go around and interview, go around and interview NBA stars and say, Hey, who was the best player when you were growing up and go find those guys and see where they're at and see what happened to them. And that would be something that could be very educational for today's use for sure. Yeah, I agree. That that would be a tremendous, a tremendous um story to put out. Yeah, if anybody ever does that, if anybody ever does that, we need some uh, residual uh, rights to that. Nah. <laughs> Coach, Coach E, what's your thoughts on it, Papa? Well, on, on uh, to Micah's point, and then I'm gonna get to it. To Micah's point, they did do something similar to that. I don't know if y'all guys know it, but I show it to my basketball players at the beginning of the year, and I show it to my classes. Um, it's the movie called Rebound. It's about Earl Manigault. Um, uh, uh, the GOAT, they called him, because they had a part where they asked Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you've played against all these players, Wilt, and this, that, and the third, and now that you're about to retire, who's the best player you ever played against? And he said, Earl Manigault. And Earl Manigault did everything in his power to mess up his life. And I showed the video to teach the kids about different um, how how one decision, how these decisions that you make affect your future. So that's what I use the video for. But to our point, and that kind of fits in what we're doing. Um, to to what you're talking about here, uh, what we are talking about here, and and I hope that the young people really really take heed to this because I think it's something that's completely missed by a lot of people. You know, who think that they are just so talented that they are above everything. Um, in high school, um, I went to Orange High School, um, and uh, our high school won three state championships in a row. Um, and the main core, the main, is that me? Oh, <laughs> sorry, that wasn't me. I think that was somebody else. But the main core of the team. Um, was these two guys, Deval Simmons and Skip. I can't remember Skip's last name. Skip's last name eludes me. Deval Simmons was a 6'10 post player um, and who was slim, didn't have a real lot of game, but could rebound very well. But Skip was a 6'6 guard that could do everything. I mean, he could do everything. He could dunk it on you. He could shoot it. He could put it on the floor. He could facilitate. Whatever it is you needed Skip to do, Skip could do. DeVal ended up going to St. John's, graduated, played overseas for a little bit, and now he's a trainer in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. No, not St. John's, I'm sorry, St. Joseph's. Uh, he graduated, now he does some uh, trade trains, big men up in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. Skip never went to college. 
And Skip was the heart and soul of that team. Skip was a, a major D1 player. Skip never made it. Why? Because his problems outweighed his talent. I never heard of schools, you know, I heard of schools like his freshman, sophomore, junior year, schools were students every day, all day. His senior year, I think they went, we went undefeated or lost like one game or something like that. And he was the MVP of the team and all this and that. I didn't hear about schools come. I didn't hear about one offer he got. And I think, well, you know, the streets got a hold of him. He, he was in the streets bad. But, you know, I think that a lot of times kids, when we're kids, like we don't fully understand the, the, the consequences of the decisions that we're making. And, but let's, let's get, let's get, let, let's do this. Let's do this. Josh and Micah. Sometimes those kids don't even make the decisions. Like sometimes it's the parents or a handler or somebody else who makes the decisions for the kids that make college coaches not want to deal with them. So now these people that are around the kid dictate how the world sees the kid and who suffers. It ain't the parents. It ain't the handlers because the handlers going to go and find the next big thing or they're going to try to. It's the kid that suffers. Like before the show, we were talking about a kid whose things are whose whose recruiting is 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 dwindling. And I don't I, I personally, from conversations with you guys, I don't think and other people, I don't think it's because of him. Because personally, I think he's a great kid. I think it's because of the people around him. And I think that when when it's so hard. Because you only get one shot at this thing. You only get four years of high school. You only get four. Like, they, they don't give you five. You don't get six. You only get four. You only get one shot to do it right. And if you're not towing that line correctly and doing everything that you can do to make yourself seen in a positive light, it's going to be really, really tough to change the perception because remember a person's perception of you is their reality it might not be reality but it's their reality and to a college coach the college coach's reality is the only thing that matters let's shoot not only college but professional let's look at the browns the browns have invested in josh gordon for how many years now and it hasn't paid dividends okay because he's been suspended more games than he's been on the field the people that drafted Josh Gordon from, from the higher-ups, from the president, all the way down, are no longer there. So now, you're on a shorter leash, and you still find a way to mess it up. Now, do I think he's going to do the same thing in New England? I don't think so. You're talking about playing with somebody like Tom Brady, who apparently everybody likes to play with. Um, somebody like Bill Belichick, who people feel is probably one, if not the greatest coach ever, um, who, who has done a good job in resurrecting people's careers. You know, Randy Moss, you know, you actually get Tom Brady. Tom Brady has much of nothing right now. He has Cordell Patterson and another person, uh, another wide receiver. But shoot, you put an Edelman, you put Josh Gordon in that where Tom Brady's throwing it 56, 60 times a game. It all Josh Gordon got to do is show up for work every day. My homeboy used to tell me, go to work. Go home. That's all he has to do. Go to work. Go home. Don't do nothing extra. Don't do nothing else. But I think that um, 
the the issue we have and it dwindles down because Josh Gordon was probably a person who was coddled and, 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 and treated like gold ever since he was young. And so that has carried over. And although he has made an attempt this year to turn his life around, he still ends up making bad decisions. And I think that, you know, that, that, that happens from young. So if we could speak to our young people today and, and just give them some tips about what to do and what not to do them, as well as the parents, as well as the handlers, and the AAU coaches and everybody else that, that makes up, because you know it takes a village. All those people, if we can give them some tidbits and some advice tonight that will help them, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that we can turn this thing around because I hate to see kids suffer like their lives to be ended so early. Like Josh, the guy you're talking about, I heard his name without even knowing who he was. Like I never seen him play, but I'd heard his name before. You know what I'm saying? So that means that he was a, 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 a somebody who was transcendent. I mean, we. I mean, how many people can you name? You're talking about people like Peter Goodman and C.A. Johnson. You have a number of kids who have come through, and it's just the issues that they have completely outweigh their talent to the point where they can't make that next step in life. So I'll throw it back to you, Josh. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very important that you are constantly um, evaluating yourselves, young people, especially young athletes, and checking yourselves and making sure your problems out aren't outweighing your talent. And and, how, and if you might say, well, how, coach, how can I check to see if that's going on? Like, do you find yourself, like, always in the doghouse with the coach? Do you find yourself always in a situation where it's like, oh, the teacher doesn't like me? Um, you're behind on your assignments. Um, you're not being a good teammate. Like that's you're, you're enabling your 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 problems to outweigh your talent. Here's the beautiful part: we all have problems. So don't think just because you have problems that you're out. That's not that's not the problem. Ironically, having problems isn't the problem. Ironically, how you manage your problems can ultimately either be a great thing for you or it could turn into more problems because we all have problems, young people. And don't let anybody tell you that they have a, 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 a crystal clear life. That's false. Everyone that, that's, that's blessed to, to set foot on this earth, the short time that we're here, are going to have problems. So that's not the issue. The issue is how you respond. So parents, here's my advice to you. Rear your kids with the love first mentality, true love, even if it's tough love at times, because as parents, we tend to cater to our kids and, and, and try to give them what they want. It's the crying baby syndrome parenting method. When babies cry, I have a, I have a four month year old now, when the baby cries, the first thing we try to do is figure out why the baby is crying and give it to them. Now, for newborn babies, yeah, that's fine because that baby doesn't know how to do anything else other than depend on my my wife and myself. But as your child gets older, you have to teach them how to problem solve. You have to teach them how to self-evaluate to get out of their problems and you not just do the crying baby syndrome parent method and give it, give them what they want. That's not how it works. Let me give you a prime example. Me and my sons go to the gym often. So me and Tao and Jason went to the gym today we didn't even go to the gym to work out. We just went to play, just went to play on one-on-one and get a bunch of playing reps in. 
So we were playing one-on-one as I'm getting my cardio in. And some grown men were playing on the other goal. Now, the grown men were flat out terrible. They weren't very good basketball players. When I say they were bad, like they were bad. So I said, hey, you guys want to play two on two? And as I'm saying two on two, Jason, like, well, who going to play him, daddy? I said, you and Talon about to play him. Jason says, hey, that's going to be domination. So I instantly jumped in Jason's chest and was like, yo, we don't even have that mindset. If you got the opportunity to play and compete, you get after it and play and compete. I don't care who's on the other side of the line. Long story short, long story short, the game gets started and Talon and Jason beat the two terrible um, young men. I mean, they were bad now. Like, There's it's no way a fifth grade and a second grade is going to beat me in two on two. As <laughs> so, so my, hey, you got to you gotta push them down, like, man. You got to do something. Like, you know how terrible they are. Like, they were so bad that I was, I started, I found, and I had to stop myself. I found myself fussing at the grown men. I was like, yo, don't let them little boys dribble by you like that. Like, take the ball from them. So they looked at me and they really started locking up and trying to play them. And Talon J beat these dudes. Now, I'm not saying Talon J are all world basketball players, but what does this have to do with teaching your kids to allow their problem, don't allow their problems to outweigh the talent? I easily could have babied Jason up and said, Talon was ready to play. He's a little older. He's been on this earth longer, so he knows my expectations. But Jason had to learn this lesson. I could have easily said, you're right, baby. They're grown men. They're going to dominate you. I was like, no, nah, win or lose, you better go out there and compete. Because see, Jason's problem was what? Not being a competitor. Running away from some, a situation where he think he might not be successful. That's what the problem was. I did not allow that problem to outweigh his talent. And I forced him to, to walk into a situation where it didn't look like he was going to win and still give it his all. Something magical happened. He still won. And I'm not going to lie, guys, the grown men were playing these little boys hard after I really fussed out they were playing hard and they beat them. And the grown men, after the game, they got mad. and Not mad, but they they disciplined themselves and did push-ups for losing to them little boys. But the point I'm trying to make, parents, in order for you to prevent your child from turning into young athletes where their problems outweigh their talent, and we've said this on multiple shows, hold them accountable. Teach them now to constantly look in the mirror. That mirror never lies. And the beautiful thing about that mirror, it doesn't matter what someone else is doing to you. As long as you're in control of yourself, they can never stop you. They can do whatever they want to you, but they can never stop you. And this is something I have to constantly teach myself as a grown man. Keep fighting, but raise your kids with love. And that's and that's kind of all I got on um making sure your problems don't outweigh your talent. Um, Micah, um, you got any more spills on it? Yeah, I mean, just to go off what you said with, uh, I mean, this is going not just to parents, but to coaches as well. I mean, it's very easy for coaches to, Amen. to fall in the trap where, hey, doesn't matter what level. Say you're a youth coach, you're a middle school, you're a high school coach, and you got that exceptionally talented player there's many, many coaches out there that are going to make uh, exceptions and coddle that kid who is that best player because they want they want him on their team. They don't want to upset them. And so they continue to coddle that player and continue to make exceptions. And then that player is grows up always, always getting away with stuff. And they're never taught the lessons. And so over time... Over time, that 
they're never really learning the lessons of, of hard work and teamwork and, and holding themselves accountable. And sooner or later, that, that those problems are going to manifest themselves. And, and the, the majority of those athletes, their problems are going to outweigh their talent. And so just a, a, a little advice to coaches. I mean, we can't, just because we have a kid who is extremely talented, we cannot, um, we still need to hold them to standards. We still need to teach them those less like, lessons because that we're not doing, we're actually doing them more harm than we are doing them good by not teaching them those lessons at a young age so that if they are extremely talented and have opportunity to play in college and potentially at the pro level, they need to learn those lessons at the youth level. And we're always enabling them. We're really not doing them. We're not doing them a favor. We're doing them more harm than good. So for sure, one thing that I'm extremely impressed with, with both of you guys that, I mean, I've seen you guys coach your most talented players and hold them to the highest standards. And that's, what's setting them up to be a success in life. And if we as coaches are not holding our, uh, our best players to those high standards, we're really not setting them up to be a success. Amen. Amen. Coach E. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going to leave with this, you know, on the, uh, on our website, uh, on our webpage on go to um, We do a thought of the day every day that we blog and pretty much give people, just some inspiration to get through the day. And our blog today is uh, when things aren't adding up in your life, start subtracting. And it talks about that, what you said, Josh, that looking in the mirror, like we have got to, you've got to be able to look in the mirror and we've got to teach our kids to look in the mirror and see the truth. And not only the truth, but what people see. And Josh, I, I ain't gonna front. Like, I remember me and you had a discussion. What was it? Two weeks ago, uh, 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 for the 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 oh god, what was it? The middle school elite camp. Too much that towel. Oh, too much yeah. Uh, yeah, your khaki shorts. No, no, no. The elite camp that towel played in. That's what I'm talking about. The oh, elite camp oh, towel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the one. He. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Okay, don't, 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 don't. Can we kill the khaki shorts? No. Okay, let's, let's, let's put those to bed because it never happened. But <laughs> My bad. Go ahead, dog. Go ahead. Back to the um, You know, me and Josh had a conversation at his house, and Tal is a fifth grader with the single best Phenom Hoop Report put on a, uh, a great event um, where they had the top middle schoolers in South Carolina at sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And Tal, a fifth grader, held his own and they did a write-up and Josh was like, well, why'd they do a write-up on Tal? Like, I don't think he, and I don't think he, and I don't think, and I was just like, dog, he was a fifth grader and he didn't get rattled. Like he was humble out there. He didn't get, he didn't turn the ball over. He made great decisions. His shot didn't fall, but he was extremely coachable. He was locked in. And he was better than some of the kids there because those kids didn't have those qualities that you have instilled in him. You know what I'm saying? So in that sense, your make you have made him to the point you you have created, like you said, he, he didn't even think twice about playing against grown men. 
Why? Because when he plays against you, you don't take it easy on him. You know, there's no trophy for participating with you in your house. Not at all. I try to kill him every time we play one-on-one. I'm running up that score on him every time. time. How do you expect to build a man if you treat him like a boy? Amen. Amen. There's no way for it to happen. And that's the problem with a lot of parents today. And that's the problem with a lot of handlers today. We, society today, treats little boys little uh, treats young men like little boys and then expects them to make men decisions. There's no way that works out in any sense, form or fashion. Not at all. So not at all by, by you doing that, you're teaching Tao at a young age. I have got to bring it no matter the competition. And that's bigger than sports, Josh. Yep. That's, that, that's bigger than sports. That's a life lesson. That I try to instill in my kids. I think I, I do believe Michael will try to instill in his kids because all three of us have the same thought. And you can go back and listen to the show. We don't believe in participation trophies. Did you deserve what you got? Like, I don't believe a coach should get coach of the year because your team had the best because your team won the region. I don't believe in that. You just you might have just had the best players that year. You might have had the most talent that year. It's not it, it, participation should not be in it. It should be on the merit of the work that you put in. And did you succeed when you stepped on that court, on that field, on that baseball diamond, on that soccer field, on that softball, diamond, that volleyball court, whatever it is? Did you succeed in the classroom? Did you succeed in life? Like when these college coaches come to talk to you, are you succeeding in life? Are you a person? Because I done told my boys, don't get me to lie. I'm not going to lie for you. Because at the end of the day, every college coach that comes in your gym, Josh, you know this, and you know this, Micah, like every college coach that comes in your gym, you're building a relationship with. And it's not about the current kid. It's about the kids that are going to come after them. It's about you're building this relationship so that you can help other kids be able to get this free money that's out here to provide for themselves so that hopefully one day they can provide for their families. And if you lie to these coaches and then they get these kids and because whatever happens in the dark eventually comes to light. Now you're sending this kid that is not necessarily what you said he was. Then what? Now, now what? Prime example, there's, 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 there's no, there's no, um, I don't hold secrets on this, on the show. And Chris did some things, got him put out of Liberty. Now he has a second, he has a third chance at the school, University of Charleston in West Virginia. Okay. The first thing I told Chris was, I want, I want to talk to the coach. Why? Because I need the coach to understand what he's getting in Chris. I need him to know the backstory. I need him to know where he's been, where he's going, what the plan is, and what we have going on. What he is capable of, what he might do. Because I'm honest. I don't want you to think you're getting a Maserati when you're getting a Chevy. <laughs> a, a 1972 uh, 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 Chevy that don't work on nothing. Like I need you to understand what you're getting so that when you get it and those hard times come, you know how to deal with it. And it's like, okay, well, Coach E... He warned me about this, so let me deal with it this way. 
Coach Staley told me about this, so let me deal with it that way. And I'm pretty sure you've had to have those tough conversations, Josh. Micah, I know you've had to have those tough conversations where it's like people are talking to you and you go, well, he's a great athlete, but you know, you're going to have to help him in the classroom because he doesn't take that seriously. Or, you know, he doesn't really test well or... You know, he's going to work hard in the game. In practice, you're probably going to have to get into him because of this. And I think that a lot of the times the parents, because they see this, they see their child through rose-colored glasses, the majority of them. Some of them are honest, and some of them see, they look in the, they, they have their child look in the mirror and see the honesty, like you do Joshua Tao and Jay. And, and, and I like the fact that you told, like, like, you didn't even think twice about it. No, Jay, go play these grown men. Domination, F that, man. I'm going to get in your chest and tell you, we don't believe in that. The Staley household, we don't believe in that. Like, you got to go out here and compete. You lose, you lose. Because remember, wisdom comes from failure. At the end of the day, you figure out how to win more by losing than you do by winning. And I just feel like a lot of the times we, we end up in this in, in this in this place where these kids are so freaking delusional because their parents are delusional, because their circle is delusional, and they honestly believe that they are greater greater than the parts around them, which is the classroom character and everything else. And then they wonder why, well, why don't I have those offers? Well, why are my offers going away? Because you can have all the offers your freshman year. Try calling one of them schools your senior year after they done backed off you. Yeah, you offer, you offered me. And they'll go, uh, well, you know, hold off on that. You know, let's see how this works. Let's see how that happens. And we'll call you back. And that's when you know that you've, you've screwed. You, you've, you've screwed up. But a lot of people don't know that. They think you get an offer. It's automatic that, that's, that you're going to get that scholarship. That's not, it's not automatic. It's, it's a fluid situation. It changes. It changes. And depending on what you do can change the course of that. So before I get elongated, shit, we, we running up on almost an hour. So let me let me get off my soapbox for a minute uh, and let you guys get in there. I'm sorry. No, we but good. Like, we good, man. We good. We can go ahead. Um, we can go ahead and start our shout outs and bring this thing to a close. Hopefully this show helps someone out. I, I'll start my shout outs first. Um, it's not even a shout out, it's just prayers. Prayers out to everyone that's, that's going through the struggles with Hurricane, um, the, 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 the aftermath of Hurricane Florence. We're praying for you. If there's anything we can do, let us know. We'll try our best to, to help you out. Um, wishing you well, keep fighting, keep, keep getting up every day and taking a step. It will get better, it will get better. And that's my shout outs for the day. Um, Mike, you go ahead and get into yours, Papa. Yeah, for sure. We're hoping for uh, for everybody uh, to to stay safe and and be able to recover and get everything right from from any damage that was from the hurricane. And, uh, anybody uh, ever needs to to get out of that rain up there in South Carolina, you're more than welcome to come on down and visit me. I'm on the way right now. Uh, come on down, Coach. <laughs> Uh, Koji, man, do your, do your shout outs, man. Shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to him. No, I don't think Michael was done. Michael wasn't I'm, done. No, I'm good. He's good, man. Shout out, man. Koji, shout out to him. Your, your khaki short union. Oh, didn't we? See what I mean? See what I mean? Sure. Nah, I'm not. I, I will not accept that. Um. Anyway, 
I'm not paying Josh no attention. He, he get on my nerves. Um, anyway, shouts out to um, all the people um, dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Florence, uh, Tropical Storm Florence. You know, our prayers are with you. Um, we hope that you guys uh, recover well. Um, uh, I uh, also want to give a shout out to my moms. She had surgery 30, uh, Thursday, took it like a G. Um, you know, uh, uh, and I hope she recovers well. Uh, she, she did say, uh, uh, to tell Josh and Micah hi. She said she, you know, you know, everybody who's listened to the show, my mom's is a faithful listener. Um, she loves you guys to death that Josh actually told her, Hey, and she said to take it easy on me. Um, you know, we ain't going to bring that up. That's 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 like a couple Your shows. Mom is that's like taking it easy on you, dog. You're not you're not the victim. I'm I I'm not saying I am. I'm not saying I am a victim. I'm I am not saying I'm a victim. I'm I'm just saying my mom listens to the show. You know how and according you know how to thoroughly immersed in the community you got to be to get down and squat in front of your basketball team with khaki shorts on, dog. I know Mike is ready to go, but see, you be on that stuff, man. See, sometimes, see, I, uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll deal with this off the air. But anyway, um, <laughs> shouts out to my mom, shouts out to my dad, shouts out to my sister. Um, and my nephews, I had an opportunity to spend a good bit of time with everybody and I uh, had a good time. Um, so, uh, got back today. Flight was crazy. I thought I was going to die, but we ain't even going to talk about that. Um, but <laughs> anyway, you know how we go. Um, if anybody, if anybody needs any help from the hurricane, please feel free to email us. We'll do everything we can. Um, and even if you just want to join the conversation or if you want to find out how you can help, uh, hit us at the Staley and English show. Uh, that's the Staley and English show at gmail.com. Um, please feel free um, to hit us on all social social media outlets. It's all the Staley and English show. Once again, you can catch us on all uh, podcast mediums. Um, as well as goldenfylife.com. Please check out there for our blogs. Each one of us has our own blog, so go ahead and check that out. Um, and we have, uh, and in all actuality, goldenfylife has a lot of other podcasts that are great. Um, but as always, as always, as always, keep God first, everything else to follow. Peace, Peace, man. Shout out to all the cooking dads. Shout out. <laughs>